Well, hey everyone, and thanks for being here today for a special bonus episode. I wanted to share with you today part of my TEDx talk that I did back at the NatCon event in May. Did you know that I did a TEDx talk? Well, if you didn't, you you do now, and you should go listen to it. It's pretty cool. So in that talk, I talk about the truth about the lies we believe. So very often there are things that are holding us back. There are these beliefs about ourselves and things that people have told us that then we've incorporated in our lives that we believe that are not true. And what I share in the talk is a little bit about my experience. I share, I don't share the whole talk with you today. This is just a quick clip of it. Prior to where the episode starts, I share the big story that kind of leads up to the ending of my active addiction time period and, and then into treatment. So if you go listen to the whole talk, you'll get you know the whole experience. But I wanted to just share with you this part and really emphasize that maybe these aren't the exact ones that you have or, but there's usually some variation of all five of these for most women that at least I've worked with and most of us that are in recovery. So I want you to pay close attention to them. And as you're listening to them, sort of see if you can integrate that into your world, like begin to think about experiences or periods of time or beliefs that you have or that people have placed on you that kind of fit into this um, model. And then what we do in my my program and my work is to really begin to unpack them. And that's exactly what happens in the Thriving and Long-Term Recovery program. And um, I'm going to be sharing a lot more about that next week. If you're not registered for the free workshop series that starts on Monday, I really recommend that you do so. And I would also encourage you to, to invite a friend. If you have a woman that's in recovery that you know, just send the link to her. It's so easy. It's completely free. We're going to have a couple days together. We're only going to spend about maybe 30, 45 minutes together. And then of course, we'll be communicating in between. I'll be answering questions and, and uh, kind of fielding any concerns that come up. But I want that time together to be able to highlight what it's like after that first year of sobriety and why it's different than early recovery, right? We have sort of special needs when it comes to this phase of our journey. And that is exactly the sweet spot where I love to meet women. That's why I built the new Thriving and Long-Term Recovery program, because I want to be able to share how we're unique, and also that we're unique in our recovery journey. We're not all the same and we need different things. And that's part of what I talk about in the, in the TED Talk. So the rest of the TED Talk, I kind of cut it off just to give you this clip. And the rest of it goes into, you know, how I developed a program for women in recovery that's uh, emphasizing our uniqueness, right? Our our needs that are that are unique to us, our beliefs, our challenges. And but underneath of that surface stuff, underneath of things like, you know, I don't feel comfortable in 12 step programs or I love 12 step programs or I like smart recovery or I just want to go to therapy or I want to be a co I want coaching underneath all of that, let all those layers of different things that we can utilize to help us in our recovery journey are the beliefs and the feelings that we have about ourselves. And that's what these lies really highlight. So give it a listen. If you haven't heard the whole TED Talk, I'll leave the link below in the show notes. You can check it out. Um, share it with a friend if you want. And then definitely register for the Thriving and Long-Term Recovery Workshop Series, which starts next Monday. We're going to just meet every day for a little 30 to 45 minutes in the uh, Facebook group. There's also a Zoom link. So if you're not on Facebook, that's okay. And um, we're going to talk about it. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to give you 
the real understanding about how we can get unstuck, how we can begin to nurture ourselves and how we can begin to build an identity as a sober woman now that we've been in recovery for a little while because it's a unique time. It's often an awakening. It's a time where women are saying, you know, what do I want now? Who do I want to be now? What do I want my life to look like? And very often too, there are some desires of the heart that are creeping in now that we couldn't possibly entertain when we were in active addiction or even in early recovery. So it's a really special time. So give it a listen, check out the show notes below, make sure you register for that workshop series. And if you're ready to dive in and you're like, yeah, I really want that, that's cool too. Just send me a DM or an email and I can share with more details about uh, what that looks like in the thriving and long-term recovery program. So I look forward to seeing each of you next week in the workshop series and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Confident Sober Women podcast. I'm your guide, Shelby John. I'm the mother of three, wife to one, and sober since July 1st, 2002. As sober women, we have something huge in common. And when we share our lives and our stories with each other, we feel that sense of belonging and connection so we know we are no longer alone. In this podcast, you will hear real life talk about building confidence and transforming your life beyond recovery. So come on, let's talk. And it started with seeing the truth about the lies I believed. And as it turns out, they're the same lies that most women believe about themselves. And that's when I realized that recovery is not a one-size-fits-all experience. Lasting recovery starts with identifying the lies you believe. And in my professional experience, there are five lies most women believe about themselves. Lie number one, I'm not good enough. When I was five years old, my biological father left our family. I can remember him kneeling down looking at me through those dark rimmed glasses, his forehead glowing where the hairline had receded. He looked like a giant. In that moment, he changed the trajectory of my life with a trauma that forged the path for so many of the lies I believed about myself for decades. He said he was going to my grandmother's house to chop wood and he never came back. I felt abandoned not good enough for even my own father. He remarried, had two sons, and left my sister and I behind. We would call, but he would not pick up. We would visit, but he was never around. The abandonment by my biological father created the trauma neuropathway that I was not enough, not worthy of his love. And I can't help but wonder if it's because his other two children were boys. Line number two, I have to put other people's needs first. Women are taught to put their needs to the side and take care of everybody else before they ever even think about taking care of themselves. We have to be all things to everyone and have a toned body and a positive attitude. (laughs) Your husband, kids, even your job come before your needs. We think self-care is selfish. 
But what's the first thing they tell you when you get on an airplane? If the oxygen mask drops, put your mask on first and then help your loved ones. Ladies, I want you to listen to the flight attendant. Line number three, feelings are weakness. When I was a young mom, I wanted to share what I thought were common struggles in raising young children. But whenever I did, all I got were glassy-eyed stares in return. Some moms even said, no, that's never happened to me. Or, gosh, I can't relate to that. And that just reinforced the perception that my life was not in order, that I was a big hot mess, and that most women were doing all of this much better than me. What I learned was, we don't say things like that here. But behind closed doors, they lived the reality of their own lives, which was likely much different than what they showed in the preschool drop-off line. Line number four, that's a woman's job. When you were growing up, you might have heard things like, you can't do that because you're a girl, or that's a boy's job. We see this in sports, corporate America, and in regular families doing ordinary things like washing dishes, laundry, or chopping wood. We make these gender identifications regarding men and women based on the belief of the lies that women can't, won't, or don't like certain things. But many women do embrace traditional roles, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a mom or work at a high level or hang out with your girlfriends. Where the lie derails you is when people tell you what you can or should do based on your gender and you believe it. And line number five, I don't have a choice. Women will stay in bad marriages, unfulfilling jobs, and toxic relationships because they believe they don't have a choice. Not true. We always have a choice in how we respond. We always have a choice in how we show up. No matter what your life circumstances, you always have a choice. The lies are like quicksand. They slowly suck you down into idle helplessness. They keep you stuck on the couch, scrolling through social media and sending emojis off to people you don't even know and calling it emotional connection. You know the things you should be doing, but you're not doing them. You should be going for a walk with your girlfriends, but what you're really gonna do is go get a Chick-fil-A milkshake. <laughs> and I know I'll get up off the couch for that. 